everyone, this is Wendy and welcome back to Overexposed, a podcast profiling ordinary people doing extraordinary things made by and for ambitious creatives. Today we're talking to superwoman Helen Tanzi. She is a photographer, a business owner, and a podcaster. While her photography work has been featured on Breakfast Television, Discovery Channel, and Elle magazines, just to name a few, Helen actually started her career on the other side of the camera as a professional model in Europe. Fast forward nearly 30 years, Helen has since taken the headshots of actors, families, and celebrities, including none other than Gordon Ramsay himself. Most recently, Helen has published her project Sundari Woman, a book that redefines beauty standards and celebrates the beauty of women in aging. I am so excited to have Helen here today to talk about how she went from being in front of the camera to launching an entire career behind it, how she works with her subjects to produce photos that are deeply personal, and why it's so important to break the stigma of women in aging and how she's doing that with her recent project. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast today, Helen. I'm super excited to dive into your story and kind of talk about your career and how you got to where you are today. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you for asking me. So before you were a photographer, you actually started your career as a model in Europe. What was it like growing up in that scene at the time? Um... It was, you know what, it was an experience. I never, I was um, discovered, I was in a mall and I was with my brother and Elmer Olson, who is this uh, big model scout, saw me and he came up to me and he asked me if I um, was with an agency and I was like, nope. And I kind of kept walking and he's like, wait, wait, wait. And um, so anyway, we ended up checking him out and um, right away they sent me to Europe. I was in Paris in Milan modeling and it was fine. I think it's one of those, um, it's one of those things that a lot of women, especially young girls, want to do or want to pursue. Um, back when I was doing it, it was like the '80s, so it was a little bit different than it is now. Um, I mean, I got to travel, which was wonderful. I got interested in photography, which was wonderful. Um, but it's a tough business, for sure. It's a tough business. Um, at what point did you start picking up uh, your interest in photography? Um, well, when I would do um, photo shoots, I was working with like incredible, incredible photographers. And um, I've said this before where they would call out these numbers like F8, F11. And I'd be like, what is that? What does that mean? What does that mean? And I was always so interested in that. And then after the shoots, I would always ask them if I could hang out and watch them process the film. And then eventually they would let me, you know, um, this is going again, way back where you had the canisters and you had to shake, you know, the solutions and stuff like that. And, um, so I was always, I was always so much more interested in what they were doing. You know, I found it so much more fascinating. Um, and yeah, so then from there, I came back from from Europe after modeling. And I just sort of was just, you know, not really doing much. I was, you know, working in the fashion industry. And then I started working for a photographer as his um, doing his administrative work. And every now and then he would sort of tell me a little bit about the camera and he would tell me a little bit about photography. And then I would ask him if I could, you know, take pictures of my friends and he would say, sure, go ahead. And I just kind of started snowballing from there. 
did you end up picking up like certain skills that helped you later on when you decided to start your own career? So I think one of the things that I learned the most with working with other photographers from being behind the lens is I worked with some photographers that made it so easy and so comfortable that I could just do what needed to be done. And then I worked with other photographers who were, you know, didn't help that much or who weren't that friendly or had attitudes or whatever it was. So I think one of the things is that I know what it's like to be on the other side. So I know what to do to hold that space for people so they can feel comfortable. And when I see that they're nervous, um, you know, there's things that I can do to sort of put their mind at ease so that they can just be fully present and that I can get some great photos of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think what's really unique is that you were able to kind of see the side that's more um, like personable. And you think, oh, like being a photographer is all like technical knowing what F8 means or what ISO means. Right. But uh, especially working with people, it must be so different being able to understand like, yeah, like what they must feel on the other side. And I think, I mean, photography is interesting too, because like you, you shoot concerts, Um, And I have a friend of mine and he did a lot of product photography. I couldn't do product, I couldn't photograph concerts, you know, and just like for him, if he had to take a picture of a, you know, do a portrait, he would be, you know, he would be lost. So I think that um, it's like doctors, right? You have specialties and fields that you do. And it's the same with photography, you know, I mean, you, you have your specialties that, that can bring your, you know, your best qualities forward so that, you know, whether it be products or concerts or people that you can get great photos. Exactly. You started modeling first and then kind of picking up photography. Mm-hmm. At what point did you decide to make a business out of it? Yeah. I So I worked for... Um, a photographer and a gentleman who owned the lab that did all the processing of the film. And he, his name was Leonard and he owned the lab and he, you know, I would just fool around and shoot and he would see the work that I was doing. And um, he said, you know, Helen, you've got a real eye at this. Like maybe you should think about going out on your own. And I was, I think I was 25 at the time. And I was like, oh, I have no money. (laughs) So there's no way I could do that. And he's like, well, what if I help you? What if I help you get a bank loan? I'll co-sign it for you. And um, so he did that. And I started shooting right away. And it was one of those things that the doors kept opening. You know, I I would photograph. I would get in touch with agents. They really liked my work. They started sending me people. And I'm a believer that if something is meant to be in your life, that the doors will keep opening and the doors kept opening and like just kept walking through them, you know? And yeah. Did you ever struggle with like doubt or kind of figuring out whether or not you would be able to make it with this? Absolutely. I mean, I think in some ways like ignorance is bliss, you know, I was just so excited to be doing something that I was enjoying. I had that imposter complex, you know, Mm -hmm. because I didn't study photography. I did have no formal training. So um, my shooting was just by you know, practicing and trying and making mistakes and going, okay, well, why didn't that work? And then I would go and ask, um, you know, other photographers that I knew or the gentleman Leonard who owned the lab because he was a photographer at one time, he would be able to say like, okay, because of, you know, your ISO or, you know, your your F-stop was too high or too low. And so I was kind of learning as I was going. 
Um, but I still have sometimes, you know, it's interesting because, I mean, I've been doing this for almost 30 years and every now and then I still have that little bit of insecurity because I didn't go to school and study for it. I still sometimes think like, wow, like I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm, I'm feel very fortunate and blessed that I've had a career this long. Um, but sometimes there is that part of me that feels like, you know, again, that imposter complex. And I think that's something that never really goes away. Um, mm. No matter how long you are, I think there's always, like as humans and just human nature kind of always having that doubt. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I, and you know, and it's funny because I still, um, one of my my teenagers uh, has dyslexia and I have dyslexia. And so one of the things I find um, when you have this is that you are more visual, right? So I have never been someone that learned by sitting in the class, like I'm more tactile. And I see that with my son also. And so it reminds me of, of myself because if I had taken photography in university and stuff, I don't know if I would have stayed with it. It might've been too overwhelming for me and too clinical, you know? Totally. So I find the fact that I was able to learn by doing it and watching um, that sort of way of learning is conducive for, for, for me. So right now you specialize in taking portraits of people, and that includes um, anyone from celebrities to families to models. Mm -hmm. And headshots are something that are very like deeply personal. It's just you as a photographer, the camera, and the subject. Mm -hmm. And I know you mentioned before you picked up a lot of cues from the photographers that used to be on the other side when you were a mm -hmm. model. Is there some things right now that you do during a shoot that help the subject's personality shine through in their portrait? I don't think that there's like a formula or something that I like a a trick. I think it's, I think part of it is just my personality. I think that I'm just, uh, people feel comfortable around me, which is great. Um, and again, like I was saying, you know, earlier, if I see that people are feeling nervous or if I see that they're having a hard time, you know, letting go and trusting me, I just talk about it. I'm like, okay, you know, what's, what's going on? Or would you like to see some of the photos? Would that help you? And um, when I first started shooting, it was all film. So you fully had to trust the photographer in the process. Uh, now with digital, you know, you can still, you know, you can show the photos on the back of the camera, or if you can, you know, tether it to your computer. Um, I don't like to do that too, too much because I do believe then, um, sometimes you can lose that connection when you do that, mm -hmm. right? Because sometimes you could show somebody a photo and they're either going to go like, oh my gosh, that's so great. I love it. I love it. I love it. Or they could look at it and go, oh, I don't know if I like my hair like this, or does my nose look big? And it can kind of take them out of the process. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of gauge it. I kind of gauge it with the person. And, and, and then sometimes it is, sometimes it's like they look at it and they go, oh, I don't like that angle. And it's like, okay, what is it about that angle that you don't like? And what if we try it like this? And, and it's a collaboration, you know, it says working, mm -hmm. working together. So I think that I just try to pick up, I just try to be aware um, of what people are saying, try to be aware of, I mean, you know, when we look at people, you can tell when people are tense or uncomfortable or nervous mm -hmm. and just pick up on those social cues and then do whatever I can to make them feel at ease. Yeah, that's so important. Uh, I think as photographers, it's easy to kind of before a shoot, get caught in to the technical side of things and what uh, you as a photographer has has to do. But 
I think what you mentioned was really important, kind of taking um, a step back and slowing down and being able to pick up on these social cues that you wouldn't have otherwise if it was just all in your head and thinking, this is what I have to do in, in order to make this right. Yeah. Like one of my favorite photographers um, was Herb Ritz. Um, and I don't know if you've ever, you might be too young to remember him, but he was an unbelievable photographer. He um, photographed like every supermodel there was, every celebrity. He passed away um, quite a few years ago of AIDS. But I think the reason that I loved his work so much is that some of his shots would be blurry. They would be out of focus. Um, some of them would be sharp, very, very sharp, but it was about the person. And when you looked at the photo, you got a sense of that person, um, of their personality, of their energy, and you felt like you really could connect to that person or to that photo, you know? So there are photographers that are amazing and you look at the work and it's like, wow, that's incredible work. But what I loved about his, it was incredible work, but you really got a sense of his subject. And I loved that. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Yeah, especially in something like photography, you uh, it's easy to kind of uh, get into the mindset of, I always have to do more. I need um, mm-hmm. a big set. I need more costumes. I need uh, kind of more. But if you, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, when you look at some of the most inspirational photographers and um, even when it comes to people, one of my favorite photographers is Platon. Is that how you pronounce his name? Platon? Um, he had a, a really cool documentary on Netflix on how he is, was able to shoot Vladimir Putin and everything. And it was and it was just so simple. It wasn't a fancy set or anything, but it was just him um, and his subject and yeah. being able to put them in a state that sh- shows their personality in a very quick time. Yeah. And I think, and that's a good point too, because I think that, you know, doing what you do and I do is that there's so many different styles. So um, because somebody maybe somebody doesn't want your style. It doesn't mean that you're not good at what you do. It means that that's not the style that they're looking for, right? And I think that sometimes when photographers are starting out, um, you're, you're just sort of trying everything and you're trying to please everybody and you're copying what other people are doing. And, and as you mature in, in your profession, you start to go, okay, well, this is my style, right? And you own it. Yeah, because it's easy to kind of get caught into like, I need to take everything I can when you first start. But yeah, like like you mentioned, if it's something you want to do for the long run, you have to kind of be able to identify what you are okay with. Yeah, and trust your gut because I mm-hmm. think that, you know, you might go, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do, you know, so, I mean, we've all been there where we've done something where we're like, I don't really want to do this, but I'll do it anyway. And, and then it ends up not being great. And then that could be a bad experience for you or for that client. And then if someone says, oh, I'm going to go do pictures with Helen or with Wendy, they could say like, oh yeah, no, I got photos done. I wasn't happy with them. So it's really, you know, important that whatever it is that you're shooting, that you know that you can do it and you feel confident doing it. So I'm really excited to talk about your most recent piece of work, which is creating Sundari women. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important and highlights an issue in society that's often overlooked and that there's a stigma of growing older, Mm -hmm. that beauty is correlated with youth, but you obviously and clearly proved in your book that that's not the case Mm -hmm. at all. Uh, What inspired you to address this pretty niche topic of aging in women? Yeah. Um, Well, as I got, you know, when I turned 50, um, 
I found for me personally, I didn't find that there are a lot of healthy role models in the sense like visually, do you know? Mm -hmm. And when I would speak to certain women about aging, it, um, I didn't like what I was hearing. You know, I would hear women going, oh, it sucks getting older and you become invisible and, and women complaining about the changes that happen as we age. And I was just like, I don't want to age that way. I don't want to feel that the best of my life is behind me. And just because we have wrinkles or because we have gray hair or because we're getting older, it doesn't mean that we are of less value. So I wanted to do something and I decided it just started like, okay, I'm going to start taking some pictures of older women. And then from there, um, it kind of took on a life of its own where I decided I'm going to turn it into a book and everybody um, that I got in touch with, everybody was on board with it. And it just, you know, the women in, in my coffee table book are so incredible and so inspiring and completely honest about what it is getting older. And I think as long as we're bombarded with images of young, beautiful women or um, products that are saying like, oh, let's remove your wrinkles, let's get rid of your gray hair, you know, use this cream, you'll look younger, we're going to feel really, you know, horrible about getting older. And there's nothing wrong with getting wrinkles. There's nothing wrong. I mean, it's, it's a gift. It's a privilege to get older, you know, and in North America, we see it as this thing to be fearful of. And the more that women stand up and feel proud about it and own it, then the easier it is going to be for all of us to age and feel good about it. I think it's so important in today's age, especially. And there's that saying, I mean, somebody, um, I don't know who said it, but I've, I've heard a few people say it that, you know, when you remove a line, you're removing a story. You know, like I have lines on my face and I've lived a full life. I've laughed a lot. I've cried a lot. I have, you know, felt joy and sorrow and, and, you know, the lines on my face are because of that. Right. And if I erase that, then I'm erasing a part of my story. And the women that you profiled in your book, what was the process in uh, finding them and getting them on board? Um, I just started calling women that I knew. There's a few um, Canadian celebrities in there who, who like Wendy Crewson, um, who's an amazing, amazing actress. And I reached out to her and she, like everybody was on board. Um, but people were just like, yeah, well, I actually had to turn people, like people were reaching out to me wanting to be a part of it. So the women would come, I would photograph them, sort of very minimal makeup, all natural lighting, all black and white, very sort of um, gritty and very honest. And then what I would do is ask them to write something for the book about what it means to be an older woman, what aging means to you, whatever pearl of wisdom, you know, that you want to share. So the book has, you know, the picture that I have taken on one side, and then on the other side is their story and then um, their age. And was it your goal to make it a book from the very beginning or did it start more as like a side project at first? I think it was my, yeah, it was my goal to, to turn it into a book. I feel like it's my, what is it for me? I, it was a lot of things. One, it just, I've always wanted to be able to do a coffee table book as a photographer. It was always a dream, but I didn't know what it would be. Um, at one time, um, I thought maybe it would be pregnancy photography because I started doing that before it became a popular thing. Um, and then when this ha it just happened and it's perfect, it's sort of, uh, 
legacy for me and it's something that I can leave behind for my boys to see that they can be really proud of. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, especially right now, everything is digital, everything's online, but there's something really special about uh, having your work be something tangible. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, something you can hold and look at and yeah. Um, and for you, what was the biggest takeaway f- after completing this project? Um, just how much women really wanted this and how it really resonated with so many women. And I went on again, you know, I, um, I was on, you know, a lot of TV shows talking about the book on CBC and breakfast, all those things. And there was a real interest for it. You know, women really wanted this. I think the takeaway is that we need more of this. You know, we need to get makeup companies and cosmetic industry and beauty products to start showing real women they're at their age and not sort of, you know, and you know, as a photographer where we can light the heck out of something, right? But but showing women for who we are and and celebrating women at all stages of our lives. Totally. And I think the importance that photographers have in society even is that imagery has the power to uh, make or break ideologies for better or for worse. And I think, yeah, that's why your work is so important. What you're doing uh, with these women is being able to tell their stories and show that uh, this is okay and this is beautiful. And I think that's something we need more of in photography is um, people uh, taking photos of products or fashion of people, different ages, different races, uh, different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And showing respect too. Like we were in Japan uh, a couple of years ago, um, the family and my mother-in-law, we met her there. And we, one evening we had dinner with one of um, my husband's business associates came and met us and he had three gifts. And the first gift for my mother-in-law was quite large. My gift was a bit smaller. And then the boy's gift was smaller. And in Japan, the older you are, the bigger the gift. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love that, <laughs> you know, because it's a sign of respect. Like you've earned this, you know, and, and there's so much respect for it. And I find in North America, sometimes it's like we just, um, I don't think that we show people getting older and especially seniors, the respect and love that they deserve. Yeah, that's very true. Now that I'm reflecting back on it, like even with my own family, um, my parents immigrated from China when I was like okay. one years old. But uh, yeah, that's very true. That something that's really instilled in us is always respect your elders. Yeah. And you were, I don't know what it was like, because we were, we've we've gone to China too, where a lot of it, like in the Chinese culture, like it's your grandparents are raising Mm -hmm. you, right? So the mom and the dad can go back to work. And, you know, so it's again, showing that respect, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I I bet your grandparents, if they came over here with you, had a huge part in your life. Yeah, absolutely. They were, it was often normal for grandparents, like live with the whole family. And it's just one big family. Uh, so right now you wear many hats. You are a photographer, a business owner, and a podcaster yourself. <laughs> uh, how, how do you balance everything? Oh, you know what? First of all, I try not to balance it because if I try to balance things, it just stresses me out. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, I 
shoot during the days. I shoot on weekends. Um, my family, the great thing about um, the profession that I have is that it's my own business. So when my kids were younger, my day didn't start till 930 because that way I could get them ready, take them to school. And my day ended at three so that that way I could pick them up from school and be with them. Uh, my first job, my first joy is my family. They come first before anything. So if I have to cancel shoots for, to be with them or to help them, that's just, that's what, what, what I will do. Mm-hmm. And then, um, my days, you know, when I'm shooting during the days, I shoot, I have time, I have specific time set aside for my pod. I call them podcast days mm-hmm. um, where I will uh, record, you know, three or four podcasts on a day. Um, but definitely at times it's, it can get blurred or I'm spending a little bit too much time, you know, shooting or, um, you know, preparing things for the podcast. So, but I just try to go with it. And if things get too uh, much or too hectic, I just, you know, take things off my plate a little bit. Like how has your business or even craft changed throughout all of this? How are you adapting? You know, it was hard at first because I was, I didn't work for almost like two and a half, three months we were shut down for. Um, yes, it March, April, May. Yeah. So it was, I'm not going to lie. It was hard. There were a lot of tears. Um, I'm lucky that, you know, my, my husband, you know, had his job still. So, you know, he was able to pay the rent and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I just think that we identify, you know, I identify with, I'm a photographer. And then all of a sudden when that's taken away, it's a little bit of like, well, who am I now? Right. Um, so I would, I did a lot of puzzles, a lot of writing. Um, I, I practiced Buddhism, so I actually got deeper and deeper into my practice. It brought me a lot of peace. Um, spent a lot of time with my boys and just really tried to be there for them and to comfort them and give them some sort of normalcy um, and keeping them on a schedule, right? Because it was very easy for you know them to sleep in, stay up late, and they're teenagers, and and just try to still keep them in in you know healthy mindset. Um, and I went for lots of walks with my dog, and then as soon as we were able to open up, um, I was. I didn't know what it was going to be like. I thought that maybe people would just trickle in. I didn't know how it would affect my business, but thankfully, you know, I got super busy, super fast. Um, this week has been interesting because I'm still busy, but I've had a few cancellations because uh, one photo shoot actually was a Sindari woman and she was in her sixties and she has a mother who lives with her, who's in her nineties. So she just, you know, she's like, I just want to play it safe. Um, And then another person canceled because their nose was running and everybody's just a little bit nervous. And, and I completely respect that. It's like, I get it, you know, it's different for everybody. And I just want to sort of respect everybody's process of, of what they're comfortable with. Uh, So for you, um, you've been in this industry for many years. If you were to say something to your past self, or even for a lot of our listeners who are young creatives just starting out their careers, uh, what would you say to them? Oh, um, you know, I think it's really important that we follow our dreams. So when we have that 
especially when we're young, you know, we have these ideas of like, I want to be a photographer or I want to be an actor. I want to be a doctor or whatever it is. That excitement to me, I've always believed that that excitement is there for a reason. And it's almost like you're connecting to what you're meant to do. And even if you follow it and it doesn't turn out like you had hoped, maybe you're going to meet the love of your life. Maybe, you know, maybe you're like going, okay, I want to be an actress and it doesn't work out, but you all of a sudden get into writing or producing or direct, who knows what it is, Mm -hmm. right? But I think it's so important that when we have dreams and at every stage of our life that we follow them, you know, Mm -hmm. don't let those voices or don't let other people go, oh, well, there's somebody already doing that or there's no money in it or whatever. So what, you know? If you have that dream, it's there for a reason and follow it. Everyone has some sort of luck and it doesn't always uh, come the same to everybody, but it's what you do with that. And I think it's uh, kind of identifying where you are lucky, whether it's um, being financially stable uh, for now or if you have really loving parents and supportive friends, identifying um, where your luck lies and then going to do Mm -hmm. something with that. Yeah. And having the courage, because sometimes we can all have these great ideas, but it's doing the work, right? And following through with it and having the courage to go like, okay, I'm going to do this. And it might be hard. There might be obstacles. It might not work out, but I'm going to go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think your story uh, stands as an amazing testament to that, that if you want to do something, um, just go do it, learn from people, mm-hmm. talk to people and ask questions. You don't have to have everything figured out right away. And there's so many people out there who want to help you too, right? Like, um, I think that there's so many people that want to help people succeed and help them find, you know, their calling or, you know, with the business. And, and that's what we're meant to do, right? We're, that's the hardest thing with COVID is that disconnection from people, right? But we're meant to support each other and lift each other up and help each other, Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's an amazing to kind of see what's come out of that the amazing people, uh, the things that people have done throughout all of this. Yeah. 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 Uh, so just wrapping up, are there any um, upcoming projects that you're working on that you're really excited about? Um, no, I think the same thing, like just, you know, photographing a lot of, um, you know, the same stuff, you know, actors and um my corporate work and everything and continuing to, you know, grow like you are doing like my podcast. Mm -hmm. And that's about it really. And helping people, I think helping, you know, there's this thing um, that I've just been doing with a girlfriend of mine, helping her build her business. She's an amazing, you should have her on your show. Actually. She's incredible. She's a, she's a personal trainer, but she's been in the industry and she's this guru of, you know, knowledge and fitness and well-being and, and sort of doing more branding photography. So doing photos that she can use on social media and she can use for her website. And, and that's been, um, that's been fun actually, cause it's very playful, right? It's like taking more pictures of, of her doing her thing, you know? Um, so I don't know if anything would ever come of that business wise doing branding photography. I know it's now becoming a thing, but it's just fun to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's so important too. having, um, obviously, if you love what you do in your career, it's easy to kind of keep doing that, but also having um, branching out a little bit and um, kind of doing stuff for the fun of it. Yeah. Like have some joy, right. And, and mm-hmm. playfulness, like be able to play and have fun. And, and I think I still, 
am blessed that I love what I do and I have fun with what I do. And um, so I think that's why I'm still doing it after 30 years. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Um, so for everyone listening, uh, where can we find your work online? So my website is um, www.sundarifotography.com and my Instagram is Helen Tansy Photography. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Helen, for oh, coming on and you. share your story. It was amazing to hear everything you had to say from your career and um, how you built it up to where it is. Oh, well, thank you. And you're a wonderful interviewer. Oh, thank and, you. Um, and this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for asking me to do this.